and we're looking at each other and we're recording and I have this set up here. Yeah. Yet again, this is like, so what do you, what do you call it if you like roll back to a previous version, but it's a better version of the previous version? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) because like this is very pod 1.0 right now, but with the upgraded microphone and my M1 MacBook Pro. Right. Uh, Like, what would you call that? Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) yeah. I guess I can stop sharing my screen. Yeah, you don't. My have assumption to. is because we're recording this one for the patrons now. We'll see. Um, I, I guess there'll be a split screen where they can see my computer. Ooh, um, I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll confirm. Stop sharing. It is very strange um, seeing myself in like delay because I talk yeah. slower because <laughs> yeah, I'm right. seeing myself talk slower. What? <laughs> it's weird. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> they use this on pet sounds. <laughs> same stuff. Same stuff they use on pet sounds. That's the. This is. That's the one. That's the one. Um. So yeah, man. Uh, I had a whirlwind day where uh, I I did I talk to you about this thing on my face? I, I think you said I want to get this thing looked at. Yeah, so I got the thing looked at. I had a video interview with my GP last week. He put the consult in for dermatologists, saw the dermatologist today, and she was like, you want to get it removed and send it to the lab? I was like, yeah, sure. And then like 30 seconds later, it was off. It was crazy. Um, Whoa. So, yeah, man. And it got me thinking, like, especially now, like, I'm, I've got, <laughs> what did she say? She said, no shower today. Um, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've got two kids. I can pull that off. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, man, I feel like, like, like my look has gone through so many changes. Like now I'm like thinning and all this stuff. But you think about like, um, let's say pre high school, I was like, kind of like, I don't know what, what I was into, like, uh, like kind of like billabong, but also like street wear culture and stuff like that. Like I grew up going to school in Hawthorne. So I was really into hip hop and all that type of stuff. Then I got into high school, got into like punk rock. So then I had like a punk rock look. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, it was like, I was into punk rock. And then, uh, uh, when I graduated and I kind of get started like going professional, I was like into like indie rock. Right. Like in the, uh, now, but now like with two kids and this thing removed from my face, I got two, I got a D tap shot in this arm today. I got a flu <laughs> shot in this arm, man. Like I got like a really rough look. It kind of looks like I'm into gritty blues. <laughs> Good. I was wondering where you're going this with all the Jim Heapon. You're going with all that music talk. <laughs> into gritty blues, man. Damn. I'm into gritty blues. It was quite delicious. That was good, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so <sighs> yes, the song is Integrity Blues. The tour with Dashboard has started. I don't know. When this episode comes out, it'll probably be over, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we decided not to go to, uh, uh, unfortunately, we decided not to go to Tennessee because the flights, uh, did I talk about this already? The flights to Tennessee are as much, for the two of us, yeah. are as much as the flights for the four of us to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we opted not to go to Tennessee. And then we would have been flying into Nashville and then driving an hour and a half down to the show. And that just didn't sound. Right. Uh, I mean, if you were single, it would make sense. Yeah, but, or or like not parents, right? Yeah, <laughs> family in tow. It's it's too difficult. Yeah, because we would have had to have somebody watch the kids and get that all figured right. out. So now we'll probably just go visit family. We have the time off work already. So oh, good. We'll probably go go visit some family during that weekend. Okay. Um, and uh, 
oh, I was like looking at the wrong notes. I was like, why is my housekeeping say your can is live? I was like, yeah, we talked about that forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, I'm using my M1 on battery this week. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll make it through the episode. Um, and uh, so I'm opening my Integrity Blues uh, <laughs> notes here. Yeah, this now. is this is a heavy track for me, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm excited to get into that with you. Oh, yeah, I did want to mention that this is a another milestone episode 125 uh, for the two of us. So um, yeah, yeah, and and then oh, you know what I noticed is we hinted at on the episode that we had Brian Zond on, um, uh, which was a great interview, Justin. You did so well with that uh in my stead and i couldn't have left it in more capable hands and i think everybody really enjoyed that and hopefully everybody liked going to church with us on sunday (laughs) uh the following sunday um and if don't know what we're talking about uh patreon.com slash jimmy pod we go through brian zons i think there was some time play because we had planned to maybe put brian on that episode yeah but then we put him on the public episode and we didn't even talk about this and it's all right um I call it integration. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, all of that said, we we hinted that Sugar Pill might have been the guest on that episode. Right. Yeah. And he has agreed to come on the show, which I'm very excited about. Um, he was like kind of lukewarm on that track in particular. So because we ended up having Brian on, I think it worked uh, out better. I think it just worked yeah. out better. So uh, coming soon to a podcast near you, uh, Sugar Pill will join us on the show. Uh, any other housekeeping uh, other than the tour getting started? Uh, I don't have anything. No, no housekeeping for me, sir. All right. So the song is Integrity Blues. Um, this is not on ASCAP, and I'm not sure why. I feel like I came across like Integrity Blues stuff not being on ASCAP, and I couldn't. I think I figured it out before, but I don't know Does why. it have to do with it being a title track and maybe mislabeling it or, or labeling it a different way? Oh, maybe it's like blues, comma, yeah, integrity. integrity. Um, right. <laughs> Isn't that something uh, well, it's we, not we, we came across one time? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds like maybe the, yeah. the route it was on. Anyway, this is from the album, like you said, Integrity Blues. Also on the Integrity Blues Acoustic EP. Mm, yeah. And that came out uh, a year later, and that included... The title track, Sure and Certain Acoustic, obviously, and Get Right Acoustic. So um, that is that EP. Uh, and we'll talk about the artwork uh, to that in this record a little bit. Uh, it is track 10 of 11 on Integrity Blues, track 1 of 3 on the Integrity Blues Acoustic EP. The album proper was released October 21st, 2016. And the EP was released a year and change later on December 8th. 2017 produced by jmj and jimmy eat world recorded at sunset sound shade jmj and unit two written by jimmy eat world the singer is jim featuring roger roger joseph manning jr on the strings brass woodman and woodwinds um so that's fun because he is known uh did we talk about roger joseph manning jr has he done work on any weezer albums (sighs) It doesn't sound familiar. He's done work on Blink Records, so that's how I know him. Um, and I think he probably does a bunch of stuff with Beck, I think we determined, right? So Beck's dad and yeah, it doesn't. Uh, Beck's key player is uh, on this. And then I came across a bunch of other names we might as well, since we do this with our title tracks from time to time. I think these are people playing on the entire record, not just this song right. in particular, but you've got the orchestral leader, 
uh, playing the cello is Vanessa Free Bairn Smith. The coordinator, production coordination contractor, is Shari Sutcliffe. The copyist, music copying, orchestrated by Steve Aho. Uh, English horn is Laura Wicks. Oboe is Jessica Perlman, programmed by JMJ. Trombone is Nick Daly. Trumpet is Rob Shear. And viola is Mike Whitson. And uh, all that also was listed on Jimmy Eat Wiki. Um, yeah. So those are the people featured on the record, but I believe Roger Joseph Manning Jr. is on this particular track. Um, in terms of label, this is uh, phonographic copyright is uh, yeah. exotic location recording. So Jimmy World owns the the uh, phonographic and the copyright exotic location recordings marketed by Sony Music Entertainment and distributed by Sony Music Enver- Entertainment. It is a do I get a pickle with that music track? Um, why do I have this linked to Discogs? I guess I, for some reason, did that. It just links to all, it shows all the Discog releases that are Do I Get a Pickle with That Music uh-huh. tracks. No demo known. Um, played by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> I have one time at the Liquid Room in Tokyo, Japan, but I have that also as very not true because they supposedly played it on Conan. Now, I know somebody that is an editor for Conan, and I... I had drafted the text. Oh, yeah. Hey, you don't have access to this performance, <laughs> do you? Because she very much, her job was to uh, get Team Coco's website and app up and running where you could sort of on demand call up Conan things from right. the past across all of his different shows. And uh, I just didn't, I felt weird making yeah, that, request. that request. So then I was like, oh, do I just ask, hey, this exists, right? But then I was like, eh, I'll just take altpress.com's word for it um, because they linked to the performance, which is now gone. But on January 12, 2017, they said, uh, they, they posted the two links. One was Get Right, the other being Integrity Blues that they played on Conan. So they at least played it twice. And then I have Jim Atkins having played it 20 times, first played at Frankie's Inner City in Toledo, Ohio. Um, and most recently, March, uh, that was July 1st, 2015, most recently played it March 27th, 2020 at the Crescent Ballroom for a quarantine session. Now, that does that count as Jim Atkins? Is that <laughs> technically Jimmy Eat World? Like, who right, knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, that is what I have in terms of when they played it. Uh, for the acoustic version, the notable high note is C5. For the album version, you've got B4, A4, and G4 as the notable high notes. And notable low note of E3, uh, 13.1 thousand listeners on Last FM, 51.8 thousand Scrabbles, 10 of which are from me. Justin, how many Scrabbles do you have? 105. <laughs> <laughs> I see that you like this I do, track. yeah. A connoisseur, I see. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of structure, you've got the album version and you've got the acoustic version, and there are very slight differences, mostly in the tempo. So both are in G major, both are 9B Camelot, but the album version is 57 BPM and the acoustic version version is 85 BPM, according to TuneBat. Right. Um, and that puts the album version at a 312 duration and the acoustic version at a 308 duration um interesting album tempo metric so ah i found getsongbpm.com uh-huh. has an interesting page where they sort of chart out 
track by track the uh, on a line graph. I'll send you a link to this um, so you can take a look okay. at what I'm looking at. The um, there's a line graph, and the line graph shows the tempos throughout the record. And then it gives us an average of the entire album. So then, again, because this is a title track, I was like, oh, let's go ahead and talk about the average BPM on the entire <laughs> That's album. very interesting. Um, yeah, the album starts at 135 BPM and ends at 95 BPM uh, with tempos in the 57 to 148 BPM range. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, so I like this so data. The, <laughs> Yeah, it's intriguing. The average is 102.1818181818182. Right. Excuse me. Um, So, yeah. um, But it gives you an idea, right, of of just the the overall speed of this record. Right. It's it's really neat. Kind of an interesting metric. Yeah, it is. I hadn't come across it before. I only got, I only found Get Song BPM recently, and it's kind of where I go if I'm not satisfied or I want to double check tune back because yeah. for the most part they have the same information, but that kind of inform that kind of granular information is not available on tune back by album. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then um, finally there was, for some reason I put this in the structure section, consequence of sound album blurb. Why did I put this here instead of track notes? Let's see. It's doubtful this was in any way intentional, but if you're into numerology, oh. it's interesting to note Integrity Blues is the same number of tracks and just one second longer than Bleed American. Return to form indeed. And I remember Consequences Sound saying that Integrity Blues is kind of like a return to form in some ways uh, to uh, the Bleed American uh, compared to yeah. previous records invented and damaged. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is an interesting metric. And I, you know, I would also be fine with this, uh, you know, we've already done Paul Roger. I like the song. I would yep. be perfectly fine with integrity blues ending this album at track 10. I think you said that yeah. on the Paul Roger so, episode. So yeah, yeah, I, I would be perfectly, I'm, I'm happy with how the, the album is structured, but if they were to cut it off at 10, um, a couple of things would happen. It, it would feel like a 10 track album like they normally do or you yep. know, like they've had. Um, and then the way that this song ends just seems like a perfect, uh, like a somber ending to this album about integrity blues, which we'll get into in a moment. Yeah. That concept. So I'm going to pull up the liner notes. If you want to sure. go through the, uh, lyrics and I'll give you, uh, Jim's handwritten version of the perfect versus what we've found on whatever genius or whatever. Okay. Now genius didn't have any kind of labels or annotations up top of what was being, uh, correct. Which yeah, what right. verse versus, right. Uh, so I, right? yeah. I took some Liberty and then just kind of labeled them verse one to a bridge just because it's, it follows the structure of the verse. Um, but it's sung differently. And so I label that as a bridge and then I have the final verse three. So if you feel like it should be any different, uh, let me know. But that's how I have this thing structured. Yeah, it's kind of broken up by paragraph in the liner notes the same way it was on Genius. So. Okay. Now, yeah. uh, another thing that I wanted to mention was listening to the acoustic version. And I've listened to a couple of acoustic versions. There's the one that's on that acoustic album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a couple that were, on, um, that were on YouTube that he played. What I love about the acoustic version is you can hear... How I mean, the title of this is Integrity Blues, which is I think they're referring to the blues of of like sorrow and just like not being happy. Um, but it actually follows a blues structure. So you said this was in G, oh. G major, right? So it goes uh-huh. G, then to C, then back to the G and then up to a D7. And you can really hear that 
in the acoustic mm. version, not very apparent in the in that one with all the orchestra underneath it. Yeah, still beautiful in its own way. But I love that there's that that separated part where he just kind of there's one part where he arpeggiates, he just plays the strings out like boom, 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 and it's so pretty mm-hmm. how it it just draws you out and leaves you on that hanging you know seven. So anyway, just wanted to make that distinction with the acoustic and the same chords. It's just you can really hear that seven in there. So here we go. Let's jump into the verse. I'm going to do these actually the whole verse. Uh, verse one, I'm just going to do all at once because I feel like it's a little tiny story. So yeah. it goes like this. I wish I could hold. I wish I could touch. But a fool just wants and wants. It's all what you do when no one cares. And I think this song is an internal monologue. Sounds like this, like the struggle, a struggle within oneself about, um, yeah, like it, like the title says, integrity. So in this in this scene, we might be listening to the narrator talk about personal integrity and fighting over this and what's you know what's good, what why he should continue doing this. Um, and so he wishes he could hold and touch another person. Um, yeah. But this is also going back on the fact that he's asking himself, "Am I a fool for wanting these things?" Um, is that what I really need? Am I the fool? And uh, I'm going to refer to this these last two lines as the refrain. It's all what you do when no one cares. So in, in one way or another, it, it does return. Now, in Jim's handwriting, it's kind of interesting. And let me know if this changes anything for you. I don't think it does, but it kind of adds a little oomph to it. In Jim's hand, own handwriting, he says, it's all about what you do when no one cares. I think it's implied without the word about, and it seems clumsy to sing it that way. Um, right. But I like that he's included it here in the album liner notes. That gives a little bit more, um, it's, it kind of follows the same idea that I have. But when you when you add in about, it makes me think of, well, that's what it's all about. Like somebody's saying that they're justifying mm. it. Like it's all about what you do. That's what it is. It, yeah. it comes back to what you do. Uh, when no one cares. So it doesn't really change what I'm thinking there. Uh, yeah. You do this regardless of whether or not someone's watching you or caring. It's just it's something you need to do that needs to be done. Almost like a worker ant. You just you you have a you have a duty to uphold. Uh, and then in verse two, which has a little bit longer uh, front half and then a little bit longer refrain. So no one's chasing you. No one's making you spend lonely nights poisoned through and through. No one's forcing you to wallow in self-pity or forcing you to numb the pain by drinking alone. This is all on you, man. Uh, You're the one choosing to spend the nights alone, and you're the one choosing to drink. It's all what you do when no one is there. It's all what you do when no one cares. These These are the things that you do to yourself when there's nobody who cares about you, nobody to talk or work through things. Um, You can treat yourself poorly and spend your life in solitude or you can be a friendly person and you know putting putting in the time to maintain friendships and nourish them and but it's it's this is for you this is not for anybody else it's and it's all what you do when no one's watching you and no one cares and it's a nice time to go into this bridge so now he sings he really sings out and in this is a, this is an interesting thing i don't know if you came across any of this it sounds like he's in a sound booth in the beginning Right. So Uh this is when it opens up or they take out that room noise and then throw in that reverb and he just sings out. So I get lost. Yeah, It's almost like he's like left the studio and he's out in the back alley, like singing in the. Yeah, it seems to me like if that was 
And I imagine because they've got Justin Melo Johnson there, uh, this was a creative choice. And Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily just a limitation of, oh, we got this great track, but Jim was, you know, off on the side. He wasn't really in the proper booth. Uh, I think this was a, a, a creative choice here. And now Jim says, I get lost and think, which I thought it was, I get lost in think. Almost like a way of saying I get lost yep. in thought, mm-hmm. but it didn't rhyme yep. with dreams. So I get lost and think, lose myself to dreams. The world moves anyway. The world will have its say. And I think this individual, just they just get lost in their daydreams. Their mind wanders to the point where they don't realize where they are. Uh, they can't distinguish what's reality and what's fantasy. And in the meantime, yeah. through all of this back and forth and, and trying to figure out what's going on, time marches on and the world keep, keeps going on and the world does what it wants. It doesn't care that, that you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. You're just one little individual. You're one human being, you know, one of seven billion, right? Yeah. Just like you thought that first line was things, right? I get lost in, I actually thought it was, I get lost in think. In think. I used to think it was lose myself to drink. Oh, um, uh, uh, but also I find this very adorable. Um, how do you spell the word lose? Oh yeah. L O S E. That's such a common one, right? Did he put loose? It is. Yeah. Be- well, because you, O O makes a ooh sound. Right. So lose. Right. But I always learned that, uh, the difference between lose and loose is that you lose the O <laughs> in lose. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I learned that from my AP history teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a few things that I noticed and I, I kind of chuckled to myself, and it's when people spell out loose instead of. Yeah. 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 It's common. It's oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's move on All to the right. second half. Here. So the second half of this bridge. Lord, I'm wondering. Oh, Lord. Uh, Lord, I'm wondering if what you're telling me is I got work to do. Yes, I got work to do. And I think they've reached the point of of prayer here. <laughs> They're trying to look for some answer, some light in the darkness. Oh man, get Brian Zond on. Oh this yeah, time. he might. Yeah, this he might go. This is I, I, he's so eloquent in, in the way that he speaks. I loved it. Um, the narrator. Do I need to rethink things? Do I need to be a better person? It's not going to be easy, whatever it is. So yeah, right. uh, it, what you're telling me um, is I got work to do. Yes, I got work to do. And there, again, that goes back to the whole integrity thing. It's like, am I just going to go back to being the worker ant and continue and slog every day and just do it selflessly? Verse three, I wish I could hold. I wish I could touch. But a fool just wants and wants and wants and wants. It's all what you do when no one is there. It's all what you do when no one cares. And this, I I feel like this is that final moment of exasperation, uh, wondering if they're still the fool, arguing with themselves about how nobody will ever know this struggle within. No one cares. No one is there. But that's actually the, I mean, that's the point of this whole song is that you're continuing to do these things, whether or not someone's there or whether or not someone cares about you or even what you're doing. It's just, it, that's a, it's like a daily struggle. And that's entirely what the song is really about. There's I don't think there's any happy resolution. It's more of just talking about how, you're you're gonna continue doing what you're doing, and uh, whether or not people care, it's just gonna it's gonna be part of your life, and it's a tough yeah. it's a tough decision to make to continue on. But you know what? As a human being, you should. Now, uh, this doesn't matter. This is like classic Jim, and it didn't end up on the record this way. But the way he's written here is the last time around. It's all about what you do when no one is there. It's all what you do when no one cares. Um, 
instead of it's all, just yeah. what you do. Right. Uh, it's all about what you do. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that they changed. They took not it the out. way it ended up, but yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it's still in the And there it is. Yeah, there we have it. Those yeah. are the lyrics there for Integrity Blues, the title track. Loose and all. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a great track. Um, and I agree. What a great ending track. I remember yeah. he played this up in Santa Barbara. Do you remember that? Yeah. The guys from No Knife were playing the little, like, uh, I don't know, pump organ or something like that. Yeah, the melatonin. Um, and I think at the time, melatonin, yeah. And this is before the record had come out. So I remember when I was naming the tracks and I was like, I don't know what the song is. <laughs> I didn't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I wish because I've gone back and updated my metadata. I'm pretty sure. Let me open it up in my uh, in my music. Like I'm like if I cleaned it up. Oh boy. Um, oh my goodness. Can you hear my sounds or no? No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> my computer's yelling at me. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, Jim Atkins. I know I have this here. All right. Uh, Jim Atkins live at Velvet Jones. Let me go to here. And this is in your iTunes, right? This is the one you shared with me. That picture of Jim and Susie. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Um, Let me hit play on this. because. Oh, no. This is the classic mix-up I always have. And I think I mentioned it. Did we do Beautiful Is yet? Oh, I don't, uh, you know, what? I mix this up with beautiful is all the time. And I don't know if that makes beautiful is of a, a, an early version of what this track became because they sound very similar to me. Where did this song come out? This is a big casino B side uh, or was it on Chase This Light? I'm very confused. Let me find out. If only there were a podcast that could tell me all of this stuff. Sure. Right. Well, at least we're, we're ironing it out. Is. Yeah, Japanese version included both of these with the addition of Beautiful Is, uh, one featuring Beautiful Is. So Beautiful Is was a B-side to Chase This Light. Well, I know we're doing it soon, but let's listen to a little bit of the Velvet Jones beginning. I'm going to pull it up right here. I'll give you a link um, of Beautiful Is, not, and then listen to a little bit of the beginning of Integrity Blues. Uh, (laughs) Um and uh and it's so funny that kevin brown uploaded my velvet jones show <laughs> to the share drive it's so incestuous <laughs> uh, i did i did appreciate that jed noticed immediately that my microphone was new this is a off i noticed when i laughed right now that my uh, voice sounded very low well i always microphone. thought even with your shotgun mic it sounded great as it was I think yeah, mine I sounds notice. a little funky just because it's a it's a dynamic mic. Sure, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yours so is so So listen to the beginning of this beautiful is. This is the the gents from No Knife um playing the melatone and uh and Jim singing the beginning of Beautiful Is. And then let's listen to a little bit of the beginning of in- Integrity Blues. All right. Uh acoustic. I'm not crazy, I don't think, right? No. Here we go. It's all what you do. <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's 3 4, then it's going to be an easy, easy mix up. That's you, Justin, at the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, we've talked yes. about this. Yeah. Not exactly the same, but it definitely borrows yeah. some oh, ideas. Yeah. There's de- there's some vocal lines in there that follow. So let's listen to a little bit, a little bit of the beginning of Integrity Blues. All right, and um, I'm never gonna stop calling. It. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's fine. Would you like me to go through Spotify? The, the patrons can see. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. No, that's yeah, okay. Please. Here we go. I have it queued. Um, uh, the patrons are looking at my gritty face. <laughs> This is the acu- the acoustic version yes. of uh, right. Okay. I wish I could Beautiful. I yeah. Wish After I that, the line changes, but very much similar. <sighs> I didn't even make mention in the structure that it's a three-four song. Here's that seven. Mm. Oh. Damn it. You got to make that face or else you <laughs> can't yeah. hit the note. It's the stink <laughs> face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So you're right. Yeah. Okay. Easy, easy mix up there. <laughs> yeah. I so, misremembered. Uh, as we are wont to do when we do uh, title tracks, let's dig back all the way back to the integrity blues letter uh that jim uh wrote when this record was released um and it begins this way it is about throwing away do you have this we can switch off a uh, paragraph i, I, I don't have it no not the, i did in the past let me let me link you real quick just so me. you can join in and uh i'm glad you remember to bring this one up we'll uh we'll swap paragraphs here <laughs> All right. It is about throwing away your default responses to life, accept life on the terms of life, and become willing to accept the best any of us have is to be in a state of progress. Emotional injury is usually our own making, our ego fighting to selectively ignore reality that may not reflect our expectations. When we allow a moment of honesty and look at the gap between our expectations and reality, all too often we find a place to identify as a victim. We take the disappointment gap personally. There is some kind of sick reward in the imagined moral high ground. Self-righteousness leads to rationalizing tantrum behavior, which is never a good look, adding back into the feedback loop, reinforcing a lack of self-worth. Your enemy is you, and unfortunately, you know every button to push, every hidden fear, and every secret regret. You speak to yourself in your own voice, and you have a very convincing pitch to work against your betterment in the hopes of those finish line type expectations, maybe, finally, bringing you a sense of peace this time. You break that reverse feedback loop of reinforcing negative self-worth through action, Take that next one. Doing your best to accept and live as a person in progress doesn't mean you are going to always be happy. Staying on the best path you can may feel like lonely work sometimes, 
But then happiness is one of those fleeting finish lines. Integrity matters because if you let the answer of who do I need to be inform your question, what should I do? There just isn't room for that negative cycle to get traction. We are very excited to share all this in Jimmy Eat World song form with our ninth studio album called Integrity Blues. Can you believe it? Ninth. <laughs> Hitting the streets, both virtual and physical, October 21st, 2016. Take care, Jim Atkins. Yeah. Oh, man. He has a way with words. Yeah, man. Uh, a, a wordsmith. Uh-huh. This guy should front a band one day. Yeah, you should. Um, I wrote here, album note one. This links to allmusic.com. Uh, let me jump to this. Now, oh, man. This was another thing that might you might get me switching over to uh, Chrome with because you can link directly to... Uh, Quotes. Yeah. Um, this is a mess when I search the page, so I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and read the little blurb that I copied over here. Described as an alternative rock, emo, and pop rock album, Integrity Blues was compared to Silver Sun Pickups and Late Period Death Cab for Cutie. Um, Interesting. The album itself, yeah, I guess I could see that. And I was going to say this song in particular. Yeah. I don't know Silver Sun Pickups. I feel like the one song I know is kind of more upbeat, the one that they played on K-Rock yeah. all the time. Um, but Death Cab, I can I can hear Death Cab in this song for sure. Um, specifically Plans yeah. or uh, Transatlanticism or something like that. Um, album note two, Integrity Blues was met with favorable reaction from music critics, many of which commented on the lyrics and production. The album peaked at number 17 on the U.S. Billboard top, uh, Billboard 200, in addition to charting in Australia, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Switzerland, and the U.K. Alternative Press and Sputnik Music considered it one of the best albums of the year. Um, I don't know where that came from. My guess is this seems like something that came from uh, uh, not song meanings, but there's a one of my research links is song like facts. one of those types of yeah song yeah. facts or something yeah probably exactly song facts. So well, I'm looking at um, that; it's not on here. Well, I got it from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I can copy all of this text. Maybe it came directly from the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah it looks like it okay. linked right to there the Wikipedia. So. That sounds like another place that you find with something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've got several track notes, but I wanted to hear what you had before I started going on a long diatribe. Okay, well, I got the, let me read the, the there's three paragraphs on song facts. Yeah, um, So this is, uh, this is the title track of Jimmy Eat World's ninth album. Frontman Jim Adkins told Rolling Stone he considers it, considers it to be one of his favorite songs that he's ever written. He explained, sometimes doing everything you can in the best way you know how, that can feel like lonely work, but the only way out of that is action. And Integrity Blues is a song about coming to terms with all the things that you've decided are going to do it for you in life. It's a common theme in the record, which is why it's the title track. Now, I did go to that Rolling Stone article. There is a second paragraph after this. May you mind if I it. Uh, read it? Yes. You have these expectations of validation from relationships or a job or self-medication, this feeling of this is going to do it, and none of it really does. Those are all very fleeting things. If you pin your self-worth and happiness on finish line type goals, you're always going to set yourself up for disappointment because once you achieve them, once your partner comes back to you, once you get that job, now what? You're done? That idea of integrity mattering is what you can accept that the best of any of us 
have is to always be in a state of progress. That doesn't mean that you're always going to be happy, but happiness is one of those finish line type goals. The point isn't to be happy all the time. The point is to sustain yourself in a way that makes you feel good about just being you. So sort of like a rewording of that letter. Right. Um, I have a feeling we'll get into many of these sorts of uh, uh, circular logic type of things, different ways of saying the same thing. Right. And this next one that I have here is another, it's it's probably about the same length that you just, um, that you had just read, but this is Adkins explaining the songs meaning to Kerrang. Kerrang! Kerrang! These things that you want and expect to fulfill you, we waste a lot of energy and effort focusing on the wrong target. Like, maybe this will change everything for me and none of it really will. It's about putting in that effort, not unlike endurance athletic training. You spend a lot of time in the middle of nowhere being exhausted with no one clapping and being at, at peace with yourself for that uh, if it is really all that you have. Uh, sometimes people might clap. Sometimes people might boo. But if you know that you're doing everything you can to the best of your ability, focusing on the right path, that's all you can do. And it feels like lonely work sometimes. But the goal isn't necessarily happiness. Happiness is one of those fleeting finish line type goals. We're not always going to be happy. And it's pointless to think that. But what is sustainable is trying to conduct yourself down the path of integrity the best that you can. That's right. Yeah. I've got another one of those blurbs to HMV.com. Uh-huh. Uh, he was asked when the band settled on the title of Integrity Blues. Adkins replied, it was actually called about four different things along the way. You need to have the album done before you can title it really. I like leaving it open to discovery as you go. Titling it early really limits where it can go. I wish I had what those other titles yeah, would Yeah, right. Maybe Surviving was one of them because you could kind of take that title and the sentiment behind Integrity Blues and it kind of makes sense still. Right. And even the music video for uh, All The Way Stay, it's just about two people separate from each other going on their own way. <laughs> they have no That's relationship, right. you know, in interaction. Right. It's just about them going on, <laughs> continuing. Yeah. I get that. Uh, just like you had mentioned that, Zach, uh, that uh, Jim had said, that this was one of his favorite songs ever written that he told Rolling Stone. Uh, Zach told Chorus.fm about the record, I would put Integrity Blues in the top three for sure. I think what we executed in those songs was special, and the experience of making that album was also really enjoyable, especially since we had taken a year off and come back from doing nothing. To come back and make that record was really fun. Making Bleed American was one of the most fun experiences, too. We felt like we were getting away with something somehow. So, yeah, talking about that break that they took, um, Sadie Hawkins' pod just did Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Uh, which is on the Reliant K is for Karaoke uh, album because they did it. And Danny hit me up. He was like, hey, Jim Atkins has a cover of this. Is there anything you wanted to say about it? And I mean, the biggest thing I could say is like, oh, he recorded that when they were sort of on a break between these two records. So (laughs) uh, it's just funny that we're doing that this week. And they just did that last week. Yeah. And they Um, played that. Was that at Velvet Jones that they played that for us? uh, Yeah, I believe so. Let me take a look at the track list there uh yes it was track 11 at that show okay now that one i do remember (laughs) pretty pretty distinctly and he also played both versions of the book of love the magnetic fields cover and the jimmy world version (laughs) 
uh, or not version, but song, uh, Book of Love. I, I And for some reason, there was a song in between there that's called Early Stars. Let me hit play on this. What was the song? Is it something I know now? Oh, it was uh, one of his uh, solo songs. Uh, I don't know the name of it at the to- off the top of my wow. head right now. But I wrote Early Stars? Question mark? <laughs> um so yeah okay i've got um so a lot of these that i have here are are pretty much they're mentioning the album and they'll they'll go through and and say oh well this the title track does this so i'll read a couple of these off this one was from uh uh jimmy world integrity blues by ian gormley uh october 20th 2016 in the sonic realm of jimmy world change is a subtle thing each of their records has its own hallmarks but they follow a loose script that endures that any aural exploration that goes into the studio maintains the sense of wistful optimism that the band's music has evidenced since clarity. Integrity Blues follows that rough guide, but unlike the group's most recent efforts, takes some steps towards improvising a few lines. The title track comes the closest, backing frontman Jim Adkins two steps forward, one step back, search for happiness with somber strings. It's immediately affecting and repeated listens reveal the making of a, a new fan favorite deep cut in the making. So I liked it. I can respect that yeah. for sure. Uh, here is a blurb from Nylon.com. There was a really big press push. Yeah, there was. With this record. Nylon specifically is like, I don't know, like, it. It they don't, I don't know what to categorize Nylon.com, but it seems more elevated for some reason to me, at least in my uh in my head canon. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of press on this record on Nylon, specifically about the song. I copied this blurb. Stretched over 11 tracks, Integrity Blues taps into the same vein Jimmy Eat World's previous albums have, only this time with a newfound sense of security. Songs like Sure and Certain and The End is Beautiful seek a feeling of release and freedom. The album's lead single, Get Right, is aggressive, and despite the unease that pulses through it, carries a sense of agency. Jim Adkins and his band aren't throwing their hands up and wallowing in some idea of a standstill life. They're pushing forward, seeking an experience and sense of purpose beyond the immediate. Tracks like You're Free remind the listener that life doesn't have to be the way it is, and... Uh, that with a little effort and self-realization, a more fulfilling existence is possible. Like the album's title touts, it's uh, impo- it's it is possible to feel lost and down with integrity. All I want, uh, it's all what you do when no one cares. Adkin sings on the album's title track. The world moves anyway. Indeed, it does. Better make the most of it while you can. And do so with a sense of virtue, says Nylon. I like that, the sense of virtue. That's a great way of yeah. uh, resolving it. Uh, you said that Zach responded to Rolling Stone. Um, was that what it was? Zach? Uh, no, I was just saying how Jim had mentioned to Rolling Stone that it was his favorite song. Oh, okay. Zach ranked it in his top three oh, that's Jimmy it. records uh, to chorus. Okay. Yeah. So Rock Seller Magazine did a Q&A with uh, Zach Lind uh, in 20 Years of Jimmy Eat World. And they asked, what's the story behind the title of Jimmy Eat World's new album, Integrity Blues? And Zach says this, well, we actually struggled with the title a bit, a little bit. When we were making the record, we weren't quite sure what to call it. But I think, as Jim Atkins had said, there are things in life that we have expectations about, things we want to accomplish. And oftentimes, 
you get so fixated on the outcomes that you end up missing important things along the way. Striving for a certain outcome in order to please someone, some outside audience can sometimes undermine the process itself. So for us, it's all about really caring about your own process, your own work, and caring about that not so much with the outcome in mind, but honoring the actual process itself. Uh, oh, yeah, and this is, again, this is where I saw this. Uh, in the terms of the band's creative arc, where does Integrity Blues rank to you? I think this album has, has some of our best work, really, and that was the goal of making this record. Uh, yeah. I love that he, that, I mean, obviously they're going to stand behind it, but when someone says this is some of our best work, it's just, and, and this is at the time was their latest album. It's like they feel like they're, they're really doing good work, and they, they were. I yeah. love this album. Here's another one from Zach to TullahomaNews.com. Now, it's interesting as I felt like I saw some of the same blurbs that you were reading, yeah. but not in a different order. Right. So here goes more of the same. Before okay. heading into the studio to record Integrity Blues, Lind said the band members took a year away from music to kind of turn off the Jimmy Eat World switch to their brain and do something else. The break gave the band members time to focus their energy on life outside Jimmy Eat World and recharge their batteries a little. I think we went in... Uh, with a little bit more energy and purpose on this record than we had in a while. One of the things we did before making the record is we actually took a year off and did nothing uh, and kind of gave everyone permission for the first time ever since we started to do other things, think about other things, he said. In doing that, I think it gave us an added sense of perspective that I don't think we had. For the first time, we really sort of... Uh, we... Hmm, interesting. Uh, for the first time, we really sort of asked ourselves the question, should we even make a record? Does the world need another Jimmy Eat World record? And if so, what does that record need to be? Breaking up the band was never a consideration, Lynn said. Rather, the longtime friends wanted to make sure that they didn't record an album simply for the sake of doing so. We weren't totally sure what we were going to do, but I think once we started talking about it and forming what we wanted to do, pretty much qu quickly decided, okay, it's going to be an album, but the album needs to be really special, he said. I think for us, it just felt like we can't make anything that isn't going to stand up to the best material in our catalog, and if we don't feel like it does that, then we shouldn't put it out. That was the kind of like the bar we were setting for ourselves, and I think uh, it had a good effect. We just didn't want to go and make another one. We wanted to make it something that would maybe surprise ourselves and something that we work toward. While the friendships within Jimmy Eat World have remained solid through the band's nearly 25-year career, a lot about how the industry has changed, especially when it comes to how music is consumed. However, rather than seeing music enjoyed one song at a time as diluting the work, Lind views the rides of downloads and streaming services as a challenge and an opportunity to raise the bar for themselves. It gives artists a lot of freedom to package their own music in a way that is different and has a lot of variety, he said. In today's day and age, putting out an album is sort of ambitious and you're expecting someone to sit and enjoy a collection of 10 or 12 songs. To Lind's way of thinking, the way music is consumed now forces artists to step up their creative game and produce high-quality material rather than just writing enough songs to make a full-length album. I think you want to make it feel cohesive, but I think more than anything, the pressure to make them all really good. Uh, the pressure is to make them all really good. What's the point of putting out an album 
when there's going to be three songs everyone skips. The way that music is consumed provides fans more options, but I also think it sort of raises the stakes, he added. To me, there's so much more music out there that if you're going to put something out, it's got to be good, not just something that's appealing to whatever fan base you have. You've got to do something to challenge yourself. I know that was a really long blurb. <laughs> um, that's okay. Uh, that was the TullahomaNews.com. I guess Zach felt like he could open up to yeah, this wow, small really? newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. We're finding a lot of the same stuff. Just uh, at least it's it's worded differently. It's not the same. Yeah, Tullahoma is in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah, they really got the uh, they really got the uh, the edge. Managing editor Andrea Ar- Argady, uh, Gardy, uh wrote that album <laughs> or wrote that article. So there's uh, that. I've got oh from the Independent UK. Okay. Uh, Ro- Royson O'Connor, October twenty sixth, twenty sixteen said this about it. Uh, Integrity Blues feels particularly personal. And while Adkins tends to avoid writing explicitly about himself in most of the band's music, perhaps partly so his audience can relate more, something like You With Me indicates his progress, his progression as a lyricist. I don't think it's any less personal than anything else we've done, uh, but maybe it's more direct. Things can be personal, but be vague. So this is really kind of simple. There's not a whole lot of literary device employed. There's no wacky symbolism and metaphor, Adkins says. I think you bring your whole life experience into the music, he adds, and the outlook of the band is the sum of our personal experiences. So maybe a little bit more on the album there. Yeah. Now, I did find this blurb on loudersound.com, and it doesn't seem to link this song to Beautiful Is in any way, but check this out. The question to Jim was, are there any songs that went through a total rework from where they, uh, from what they began life as and jim says integrity blues the title track started off as an acoustic waltz kind of thing i wouldn't say we reworked it but there was definitely a handful of different ways we could have gone with making it it ended up being this unusual ensemble accompanying me just singing i don't think we have anything like that in our other records so not quite like oh this was a whole other song for a few records back like he has said in the past but uh, i still think it's got to be it's got to be like a, a a complete like ground up reworking of beautiful is in some way. <laughs> yeah, because there's a couple of or he's just like spots. I haven't used this vocal melody on an officially released track, so right. I'll go ahead and use this again. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I've got yeah. something from I am tuned up, which seems to be Classic. like an independent blog. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy rolled Integrity Blues by Ryan G. And all in all. Well, let me see what they start off by saying. Uh, recently, I witnessed that very well might be my favorite show of the year. Jimmy World absolutely killed it at a recent Newport Music Hall show, which, if anything, placed more pressure on Integrity Blues to be an amazing record. After that show, if the record sucked, that would be a major buzzkill. Uh, and then they go on to say, all in all, Integrity Blues thrives in a mid-tempo range, much like Futures. Indeed, when the singles were released, folks began to wonder if this album would be a return to form from their perspective, which is that nothing seems to matter in a post-futures context. And I'm seeing rhetoric online from friends in that group saying that Jimmy World is good again. I maintain that the band never stopped being good. Gosh, this is oddly reflective of some current political jabbering. But Integrity Blues, I think most fans would agree, definitely hits the spot. The front half of the record is stronger in this writer's opinion, but others may prefer the quiet back end. I think it's a good balance. It's a good balance. All right, what's this? Stitches? All right, so yeah, Stitches and Grooves has a bunch of information as they are wont to do on the vinyls, specifically the seven-inch single 
and the seven inch EP, I believe they touch on here a little bit, but there was a little bit of drama with what came out versus what was announced. So I figure we could ping pong sure. these paragraphs here in advance of Jimmy Eat world's eighth studio album, integrity blues, a seven inch single was released, or at least it was anticipated to be released. The seven inch entitled sure and certain was announced back late August, 2016 on the band's official website, which also listed a pre-order link through Amazon with a release date of October 14th, one week before the album's release. I'm sure quite a few people pre-ordered the 7-inch through Amazon as it was the only place to buy slash pre-order it. But as time went on, the 7-inch was pulled from Amazon with no explanation. Uh, as time wore on, people forgot about the 7-inch until Amazon pulled it and started canceling orders on the 7-inch's release date of October 14th. That move sent people scrambling on how to get the 7-inch. Lots of incorrect info was being spread from various sources, including the band themselves, their merch guys on tour, indie record stores, message boards, etc. Most of the incorrect info came from people who were misinformed, while others purposely lied to drive up business. Here's all the incorrect info out there. It was reported that the only way to get the 7-inch was at a show on the band's Integrity Blues tour if you pre-ordered the album, CD or vinyl, from an indie record store, but no mention of how to prove you pre-ordered was made. Same people also said they bought a copy of the 7-inch at a show. I contacted some indie record stores and it was told that a tour it was a tour exclusive 7-inch. An indie record store owner, not one of the stores I contacted, said during an in during an in-store, the band played there that the 7-inch was exclusive to them. No, not an indie store exclusive promo like most of these free bonus items are. Exclusive to his specific store. <laughs> All that was despite the fact that people at the Northeast in-stores the band played leading up to the album's release date were either given the 7-inch at the in-store or would get it when they went back to pick up the copy of the album they had to buy in order to gain entry into the in-store. And that, uh, and that I got this seven inch on the album's release day, October twenty first, for free from my local indie store with purchase of Integrity Blues, which also coincidentally held one of the pre release in stores earlier <laughs> in October. So supplies of this seven inch seem to be not even close to exhausted, as my local store got more copies of it well after the in store they held, with about a hundred people capacity. So the only definitive way to get the seven inch that I'm aware of is slash was from an indie record store after buying the album Integrity Blues. The seven inch features sure and certain on the A side and has an exclusive B side from Integrity Blues on the B side. <laughs> oh, uh, my enemy. <laughs> that makes sense now. I get it. The seven inch comes in a regular seven inch jacket, but it's made out of very thin cardstock. No download card code is included with the seven inch. So the only way to get an MP3 of the exclusive B site is to have a USB turntable or wait for somebody to rip it and post it online, which already happened. But the guy deleted the file after a few days and not many people took notice, but I did. It's unclear why my enemy was left off the album as it doesn't really fit the vibe of integrity blues. Um, Oh, it's clear why. Uh, but it's still a good song regardless. It's more reminiscent of older Jimmy World albums. Yep. My guess is that it's uh, Future's Past that put it up online and then pulled it. Yeah. But he probably didn't pull it. The The label probably yeah. did. Cease and desist, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say, yeah, for sure. Like, My Enemy is a very different vibe to uh, Integrity Blues, for sure. That's the one that goes, that starts with like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good yeah, one it is it's, yeah. it, that one's actually on the run list <laughs> oh there yeah, you go my run list it helps me uh, 
There is someone that doesn't like the album, and that is uh, that is Sam Gnair, Sam Nair from the Daily Breeze, and all they say about this is Daily Breeze down here in the South Bay. Is that it? Yeah, man, that's my hometown paper. Come on, Dan. Yeah. Goes on to say, the band stretches out on a couple of tracks. One, Paul Roger is a lovely ballad with a dreamlike aura. And the other, Pass the Baby, a real head-scratcher that starts with offbeat lyrics intoned over sparse guitar and a repeated drum beat and ends with uninspired heavy guitar solo. It's only it's the only subpar track on Integrity Blues, carefully crafted and highly listenable album. Oh, they huh. didn't even mention it. They didn't even mention that. They, they just go on to talk about the album. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, Daily Breeze coming at us. Yeah. Uh, the Ithacan, the Ithacan, Silas White, staff writer, October 25th, 2016. Uh, they're titled a review, Jimmy World's Integrity Blues Strays from Roots. The title song, Integrity Blues, goes back to the distant and haunting sounds of You With Me and features just a keyboard and strings in the background rather than the usual guitar and drums. The song goes back to the main theme of identity, speculating that it's all what you do when no one is there. It's all what you do when no one cares. The song is also about the idea that the world keeps on turning no matter what is happening in one's life. Like most of the album, the song is effective at tapping into the listener's emotions, and the synth keyboard matches up beautifully with Adkins' sweet-sounding voice. It is sweet. Love it. Oh, yeah. Super sweet. I've got some tweets from Zach Yeah, uh, that mention Integrity Blues. One of which is the Arizona Wilderness Company, uh, which is a, uh, a wilderness-inspired ales uh, in Arizona. It's a brewery down there. Uh, and he retweeted that they said, well, Integrity Blue Brews is on tap. Cans Saturday. And this links to an Instagram post. The second edition of our Dirty Hop Water series is 100% mosaic juice bomb because jimmy eat world and team wilderness love getting back love giving back a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the phoenix children's hospital and the ms society two organizations that help people close to us this beer is a celebration of music artisanal brewing arizona culture and philanthropic endeavors. Unfortunately, due to construction requir- requirements, we are not able to offer food service <laughs> from our kitchen during lunch. Uh, but luckily, the some pizza food trailer will be here serving up slices. So <laughs> there it is. Uh, this was posted October 20th, 2016, just in time. So, yeah. Okay. There is Integrity Brews. Mm. I could go for a beer right now. Uh, <laughs> seeing you enjoy one. What do you What do you having, by the way? Actually, no. So I did have a blue moon earlier. Now I'm having a uh, peach Waterloo. I think it is. Oh, okay. Yep, it is a peach flavor. It's a Waterloo. Oh, I knew it was peach flavored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so the many brand different... escaped me at the time. Sprinkly waters. That's right. Um, what else do I have? I've got several tweets from Zach here. So that was that one. Here is another tweet which is a uh oh it is a retweet or a repost from zach and uh jmj working in the studio during uh the integrity blues sessions this is titled integrity tuesday uh (laughs) justin meldel johnson and zach lind in the studio when we were recording integrity blues tom so I see Tom posted it to the Jimmy World Instagram, and then Zach took that and reposted it to his Instagram. Uh, it's all very 
very good. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's that. Okay. Uh, let's see. I got two more tweets from Zach. Uh, this one here. Uh, most of the heads you hear on my drums on Integrity Blues are the same heads on Surviving and will likely be the same heads on the next album. Dude doesn't change heads. Uh, this <laughs> comes from a thread. Oh, this is a long thread about drum recording tips. Day one in the studio shouldn't be when you start dialing in your setup. Ideally, there that starts in rehearsal and pre-production. If you want fresh heads, that's cool, but change them before pre-pro and get them settled before day one of recording. In my in my opinion, fresh heads are unnecessary and only cause problems throughout your session. When you start with the new heads, you're always chasing and always changing con uh, continuity problems. Going into the studio with heads that have completely settled into place will give you a much more consistent setup. You won't be wasting time chasing a fresh head sound that, in my opinion, doesn't really mean anything. And then he talks about the heads being all over the place. <laughs> uh, and let's see, somebody, uh, he replied to somebody's reply here. Did you tour with those heads in between recording? Zach says, I change heads more regularly on touring kits. I used my touring kit for a few songs on Surviving and didn't change the heads from the last time they were changed on tour. If I used any touring snares, those were likely changed, but still well before the start date. So this has been Drum Talk. I've got all <laughs> kinds of nerdy drum nerdy drum stuff on this episode, actually. Uh, finally from Zach. Oh, it was, yeah, a very geeky drum video. So it's there's no Jimmy Eat World stuff here, so this will be in the YouTube playlist. Got it. But Zach posted a video of a dude recording drums in the room that they recorded drums for yeah. Integrity Blues. <laughs> uh, here's a clip filmed where we track drums for Integrity Blues. We set up in a different spot, but cool room. And it is this guy, Joe Shikarelli, um, who is kind of dialing in. You see him being very engineery and moving mics just millimeters to the left and saying, oh, I want to get more low end on the kick drum here and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, and he says, oh, he says, this is at Sunset Sound Studio 2, by the way. Um, and I've been to Sunset Sound. I don't remember which room I was in. Um, but yeah, very cool. All right. That, those are the three tweets from Zach okay. that I pulled. Um, do you have any other notes on this before no. I get into these last couple band tweets? Uh, what the hell? I'll just say this, this was on the Diamondback uh, a very short little a piece at the very end. Lillian and Michael. Oh, yeah. And they That's just local to them. So, yeah. Uh, Jimmy World goes in a satisfyingly uh, fresh direction. The title track, which appreciates the fluidity of people in thoughts and actions, is unique to the band's other albums as an ensemble accompanies Adkins' voice. Integrity Blues renews the 23 year old Jimmy World's relevancy by showcasing the band's usual, beautifully pained vocals with a changed yet still authentic atmosphere well said nice um here's a tweet from jimmy world new stripped down versions of integrity blues sure and certain and get right included on integrity blues acoustic ep out now so this is an announcement tweet december 8th 2017 any notable replies here adam bodine says great show last night Thanks for giving Detroit your best hopefully tom can learn rockstar for next time and zach says thanks dude um <laughs> So it sounds like Rockstar was requested, and Tom said, I don't know how to play it, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, and here is a second band tweet. Uh, pick up the, ah, yes. Pick up the newest issue of Kerrang! Magazine for a behind-the-scenes look 
at Integrity Blues. And the uh, I posted this on our Discord in the private collector's channel. Um, I'll send this to you. But it's the, the photo that they did for this is great. It's like the most magazine-y thing I've ever seen. It's... <laughs> it's... Jim holding a red marker, writing the word that is part of the copy for the title of the article. (laughs) It says inside, and Jim's red marker is finishing it. Jim is looking at us, the viewer, and then you've got Tom, (laughs) Tom, Zach, and Rick looking at Jim's marker. (laughs) And so it says inside Jimmy Eat World, and Jim is just giving the knowing look. It's like a great photograph. It's like a terrific photograph yeah. of the band, but it's so cheeky yeah. and so magazine-y. <laughs> I love it. It's so bad. It's smirk on his face, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting the way that they've done the artwork here in this tweet. I don't have this Kerrang! magazine, and I posted, and no one had it, as at least of as of us recording this. Um, but it says, uh, Jimmy Eat World's new album, Integrity Blues, out October 21st, features some of their most emo lyrics yet. Here, Jim Atkins bears his soul like never before, dot, dot, dot. And then what you've got on the right of this image is like, it looks like, I can't tell, like, are these lyrics written out? It's lyrics written out in the red marker. But then there's like Gaussian blur on the copy from right. the article. I guess I, I can't really tell what's happening here. If we get a hold of this article, we'll divulge yeah. later. But um, yeah, uh, it's like select lyrics from the record written in this red marker. Very much not in Jim's handwriting. Although the the um, the handwritten words on the right do look they like look Jim's similar. Writing, yeah, they, they're not his inside. Yeah. Also, this wouldn't make sense because Jim would have to be writing the word inside backwards. <laughs> um, there's just so many. I know. There's so a lot. Many, it's a big. There's a lot to consider with this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. It's terrific. This is that that's like I would put that up on my wall in my room for sure. <laughs> um so I did want to talk about since we're talking about records uh or the record itself. Um I've got a bunch of aggregate ratings from the Wikipedia Wikipedia page and then uh chart positions for the record. Um so professional ratings I have here. Uh, Metacritic gave the album 76 out of 100. So what is that? A solid C, yeah. right? Um, All Music gave it four out of five stars. AV Club gave it a B. Consequence of Sound gave it a B minus. Drown in Sound gave it a seven out of 10. Exclaim and Louder Than War also seven out of 10. The Music gave it three and a half out of five stars. Pitchfork gave it seven, 7.3 out of 10. That's pretty good for Pitchfork yeah. and Jimmy Eat World. Sputnik Music gave it five out of five. And Ultimate Guitar gave it 7.7 7 out of 10. And then uh, let's talk about charts positions. Um, Australian albums, Aria, it peaked at number 27. Canadian albums for Billboard, it was char- peaked at number 70. German, um, Germany top 100, it landed at 35. Irish albums, 41. New Zealand, Heat Seeker albums, number six. That's pretty good. Small country, but Scottish <laughs> albums, number 15. Swiss albums, number 80. UK albums, number 21. US Billboard 200, number 17. And US Top Alternative albums, number four. That's pretty good. It is. Um, so, yeah, chart positions and uh, a smattering of reviews. Um, Let's see. Did we talk about Evan Lucy's blurb from Alt Press? Uh, I don't have that in my notes, no. 
So this is going back to a little bit of reviews. Um, Weirder still is the title track, a nearly acapella movement backed by faint horn swells. Integrity Blues is all at once classic Jimmy Eat World and the next evolution. It's the perfect encapsulation of where they've been, where they are, and where they're going. It's their best work since 2004's Futures, says Evan Lucy, who we've come across many a time uh, when covering this band for this podcast. Sounds familiar. And then, um, what is this? And this this brings up another name that I just don't have on here. So Consequence of Sound says, Then there's Van Dyke Park's orchestral grace of the title track and everything in between. Integrity Blues very much seems to have take the best elements of Jimmy Eat World to the nth degree. Now, who's Van Dyke Park? <laughs> right. Um, let me look up Van Dyke Park's. It's an American Integrity musician. Uh, oh, so he's an arranger. So Is it a style? But but he didn't arrange it. I don't have that name anywhere on Jimmy Eat Wiki or Wikipedia. So is it like a style of arrangement? Oh, well, now hold on, hold on. Uh, yes, okay, here we go. The title track sees Adkins' vocals accompanied by a organs and string section in the style of Van Dyke Parks. Wow. So now I want to listen to Van Dyke Parks. And this is from Drowned in Sound. Um, says that Van Dyke Parks is the style. So let's listen to a little Van Dyke Parks. I'm going to pull it up and put it in watch together. And let's see if we think that it sounds like it. Okay. We'll pull the top thing is called Tokyo Rose. Here it comes in Watch Together. Oh, baby, I can do Tokyo Rose. Boy. <laughs> is that Ted dancing? <laughs> as well as I think, then. Oh, right. You've caught us. Well, we're back with Van Dyke Parks. This is Van Dyke Parks. Please welcome him. And, and Van Dyke has a new album out, and it's called Tokyo Rose. And I believe you've described it as having a Pacific Rim sensibility. I mean, could you elaborate on that a little bit? I think that's fair. I, <laughs> I did come out with a record called uh, Tokyo Rose. It's about uh, um, East meeting West such as we have here uh, tonight with Osamo playing the yes. Koto. And uh, we want to play a selection from it called Tokyo Rose. And, and we will. Does that but, make sense? Well, of course. But, but before we do that, tell me about... Uh, I heard an interesting story about your first contact with... He's the, still around. Yeah. Um, 79. Know, Japanese culture. Is that, is that well, the right uh, yeah. terminology? I noticed you didn't say that they had their first cultural encounter with me. Well, I... But, uh, but at any rate, that was in 1971. Uh, we're really getting to know Van Dyke Parks right now. I was working on a record with a tune called uh, Sailing Shoes, written by Lowell George out in California. And we had the session closed, as we often did in those days. We thought we were very important. We did this song called Sailing Shoes. We, I worked it out with Lowell, and there was a group of, of uh, seven men silhouetted in the control room. And I rushed back to the control room to accost them, and um, darn if they didn't all bow and give me a pearl. And uh, they said, we would like you to make some music for us. I said, well, that's very beautiful. Of course, I emotionally responded to that pearl. And uh, immediately, 
I told them that I'd like to work on something for them musically, but that I was busy in this album. So uh, Lowell George stepped forward, trusty steed, put his hand on the briefcase that was open and filled with $100 bills and said, I think we can make music out of this. <laughs> so that was the first time I made music uh, with, with uh, a mind toward Japan, and that was in 71. And this album, I think, is really a, uh, the first public statement of uh, my general love for Japan and, uh, and uh, the emotions that, uh, that drive my uh, music since having met that event, and that is a historical event in my well, life. It would be I'm, in anyone's life. They're in this record. Suitcase full of $100 bills. That's uh, Change my day, at least. You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny how far that suitcase took me. <laughs> I can take you, yeah. So, uh, well, why don't we do the cut off your album, which is, of course, the title cut, Tokyo Rose. Please. That makes a lot like. of sense. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. So I don't know the name of this program, but Hal Wilner is the creative genius behind this program. According to the YouTube page, What's for Afters? Watch some, uh, <laughs> what is it? Not cold case. This reminds me of, um, uh, Night Court. The Night oh, Court. Yeah, yeah. The nightlife of Tokyo goes, and out on the street. I love how revered this dude is. And, like, obviously he was on this program in 89. Literally never heard of this dude. This does not sound vaguely familiar in any way. I love how much that bass player is getting down back there. I love that bass, too. She slips on a rice paper dressed by Dior. That's the price of the ice on her clothes. The girl I call Tokyo Rose. Wow. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Van Dyke Parks. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a whole new world for me. I yeah. don't know that at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Wild, I like the sound. crazy yeah. stuff. I liked it. Yeah, man. I'm glad you went down uh, that. Okay. All right. Why not? And why not? Uh, okay. And anything else I have from this? No, that's all I have for Consequence of Sound. I got a couple things in community, but not much. Okay. What do you got? Well... <sighs> This, ah, Van Dyke Parks mentions a year that he was given a suitcase full of cash to work on some music. This is the year after that year. <laughs> e- oh, God. He said 72? I can't remember. There you go. 72? He said 71, so okay. it's 72. Right. <laughs> okay. Jake T. O'Donnell, number 72. Uh, as I hinted uh, at this during the past the Baby entry, 
An amazing thing about Jimmy Eat World at this point in their career is the relentless desire to challenge themselves, to reach for new places uh, with their sound, to not settle for the same thing every time out. On this title track to Integrity Blues, the guys go for something they'd never tried before, a full-on symphony providing the only music. Besides Jim's voice, I don't think anyone from the band appears on the song. It's sort of like their version of Eleanor Rigby. You can't really call this rock. It's a uh, effectively a piece of chamber music and an amazing one at that it's also a singularly great vocal performance by jim especially during the final stretch i remember hearing this for the first time which jim would do a, so a solo acoustic and being so grateful this band was still so willing to try stuff like integrity blues so there's that okay says jake t o'donnell and then uh, I my uh, my other piece of community is that Uprox put this uh, in their I think this was a top thirty best Jimmy Eat World songs of all time. They put this at number oh how can I get you to say this number? <laughs> I don't know. This is the year after you can rent a car. <laughs> um, renting a car, huh? Nineteen? Yeah. No, uh, 26. Oh, Suppose, I, yeah, I believe you I can't know. rent a car until you're 25. Uh, spoiler alert, 2013's Damage was a complete shutout on this, on this list, and I don't foresee that being a controversial outcome. After their weakest selling album and most artistically inert album, Jimmy Eat World took their first extended break in two decades, with Adkins asking himself a question that never seemed to phase his peers like Dave Grohl or Rivers Cuomo or Billy Corgan. Does the world really need a new Jimmy Eat World album? The crowds who showed up to watch Adkins play solo gigs at bars and small theaters in places like Makakita, M-A-Q-U-O-K-E-T-A, Iowa, and Billings, Montana, bore witness to an unusually candid song he wrote about that very thing. It's all what you do when no one's there. It's all what you do when no one cares. Adkins sang plaintively over his acoustic guitar and elaboration on its title integrity blues by the time it became an elaborate uh, by the time it became the title track on their best album in over a decade they couldn't help layering on the strings and reverbing it until it could pass for something justin meldell johnson smuggled out of his hurry upward <laughs> dreaming sessions yeah. but uh adkins voice is unadorned as if he's singing, I've got work to do, alone in the bathroom mirror. It might not scan as emo, but Atkins has never been more raw and vulnerable than he is on Integrity Blues. So that I like is what that. they say there. Now, that's the second mention that somebody said, uh, both Uprox and Jake T. O'Donnell said he played this at the acoustic solo shows. I don't have it here in my music as a song he played. He played Love Don't Wait, Chase This Light, For Me This Is Heaven, Cut 10, Only Girl in the World Rihanna cover, Polaris, uh, The Book of Love, Magnetic Fields cover, Early Stars, but I listened to it, it's very much not that, uh, Book of Love, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Damage, Give Me a Sweetheart, You Were Good, Big Casino, uh, True Love Will Find You in the End, a Daniel Johnson cover with Rubens Accomplice, and then Beautiful Is and Lucky Denver Mint. Now, Beautiful Is sounds a lot like Integrity Blues, but it's not, so... Uh, the next thing I guess I could do is look at, but I looked at, now I do have that he played it 20 times. The first time was July 1st at Frankie's Inner City in Toledo, Ohio. So when was our show? Our show at Velvet Jones 
he first played it July 1st, 2015. Jim Atkins. I think it was before that. Velvet Jones. It's too dark in the room. I can't see the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> February yeah. 2015. So, and I didn't record the show that he played at Hollywood Forever, which we also saw that he probably played that show, that song at. So there is the, uh, there's the information that I wanted confirmed. So um, we just saw early, early solo shows. Right. I only have, uh, I only have one thing from everything oh, else. There's a couple I have, but they're about the album itself. Uh, this is for the song. And it was the only boy awake posted this question or opinion uh, 10 months ago. Question about integrity blues song. How do you guys interpret Integrity Blues song? Not the album. I mean, how do you make clear the lyrics? What does what is it about? I really like that song and I have some idea on what it's about, but I don't really have the words to describe it. I hope some of you guys can help me out. Thanks. And uh, I like fire up the systems response here. Weird that you post this because I was actually reflecting on this song yesterday while mowing the lawn. Don't we all? Hmm. Don't we all reflect on song tracks while we're mowing? I love mowing the lawn. <laughs> that smell. Uh, you know, like I remember reading that people uh, uh, somewhere that uh, the scent that grass gives off is it's that's it's um, <laughs> it's like a a reaction to it being chopped like it's panic like the the actual <gasps> no way yeah, oh no <laughs> like if you could <laughs> you know I mean you're technically chopping it in half but it's like you know <laughs> dead and dying uh, it's panicking but it smells so no good way. you smell and go mm, that's really fresh- okay I'm gonna look that up look when you finish yeah. this article yeah yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think on its surface, it is in line with the theme of the album, which is just the best version of yourself uh, and recognizing that we're always in a constant state of progress and never really ends. And we must accept that. Even more, though, I can't help but think that this is about his struggle with alcoholism and his recovery, acknowledging that you've got to put in the work to be better, even when nobody is there to hold you accountable. Integrity is all about what you do when nobody else is there or cares, being true and honest to yourself. So, yeah, it looks like the smell. It's like basically the white blood cells going to <laughs> carterize the wounds. <laughs> this is a mental floss article. Yeah. Trauma. That's what. Yeah. It's the smell of chemical defenses in the first <laughs> and first aid. The fresh green scent of a just mowed lawn is the yeah. lawn trying to save itself yeah. from the inji- injury you just inflicted. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to sell this to my dad who peddled lawnmowers for 35 years. <laughs> I'm going to send it to the him white You're blood a monster. Cells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad you found it. <laughs> well, that's all I got that's for uh, community. That's funny. Now, uh, because they're on tour dashboard, I'm going to take a digression because I don't have a ton left on this track. Um, dashboard. When, when dashboard was kind of like f- losing itself. Right. And, and twin forks was starting to be a thing. Uh, Chris Caraba taught himself, which we've talked before about, um, uh, Travis picking and dashboard released a cover of a song called tall green grass, which ended up becoming like a twin forks cover of tall green grass. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm going to pull it up because it's so good. We don't have to listen to the whole thing. Um, but there, there's something about the way that Chris plays this song. It's so good. Um, and the song is really good. Um, it's a cover. I forget who it's by. Uh, I'll pull it up while we listen. But uh, here it is. This uh, oh, the bamboozle put this out. Okay, this 2011. Song is by my friend Corey Brennan. It's called uh, Tall Green Grass. Corey Brennan. There you go. I wish I could do Travis picking. Yeah. 
There's a homeless and trouble at the Choctaw Hill. Your sister couldn't make it, but I bet you will. Knock a mac of jelly jar, watermelon wine. I ain't never seen a place where the sun can't shine. Wash off all that makeup with a garden hose. Watch a freckle sparkle down the ridge of your nose. Lemon yellow ribbons and your bleach blonde hair Blending in the sun till you're barely there Blending in the sun till you're barely there We'll be off the radar, off the wrap Stretch out in the tall green grass Only green against the blue It's only me against you And the man that said dreams don't last Never slept in the tall green grass And the man that said cuckoo could chew Did some time in the tall green grass with you Man, such an incredible song. It's I, so good. <laughs> I was into it. I hope Chris is out playing. I, I I really hope Chris is out playing. I've seen him play it a few times live. Yeah. And it's really good. And specifically him learning how to play that song is why Twin Forks exists. Yeah. He was like, oh, man, all this Travis picking. It's like a totally different vibe. Right. And uh, he did a whole record of songs that sound like that. And it's some of my favorite work that he's done. However, I will say the brand new dashboard record that just came out this past week is incredible stands up with all of his best work i'm so glad yeah. that it was not crooked crooked shadows part two right, yeah justin there <laughs> was a it. song on there that completely ruined me last night when i was driving home uh i think uh, i know the he, track he wrote, yeah he wrote a song for his family and it's like oh god damn it yeah <laughs> it's so good um so that is all I have for this track i would love to hear what covers you have because i pulled none oof okay well uh we'll start with the bottom um we'll go from the bottom up and Let's do this. I'm going to go Not with, ranking, just the way that you have them laid out on yeah. the page. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, uh, this, <laughs> I have here, uh, Billy Corgan as the, uh, this Billy game. Corgan did a cover of this. Wow. <laughs> In parentheses, I put LOL. Um, <laughs> actually, my, my comment is terrible. Let's see. This is, listen. You mean that you wrote a terrible <laughs> comment that you're not going to yes. read here. This is it's not bad. Oh my god, it's literally called Billy Corgan sings Jimmy World Jack Jaggerty but I'm I could touch <laughs> but a fool <laughs> just once and once it's all what you do when no one You got to respect that he's committing. They did like that's not the album version of the song playing no underneath. Like they orchestrated and laid that down, and then they were like, no you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and sing like Billy over this. Poison through and through. It's all what you do when no one is there. I didn't get this far before. It's actually uh, not terrible. Aaron Michael Lunsford. I don't know why I keep going. (laughs) 
What the hell? I'll let it go. I wanna see where he goes with it. But a fool just once and once and once and once. I know what you do when no one is there. It's all what you do when no Wow, that was commitment. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. Wow, okay. Uh, that was Billy Corgan. <laughs> wow. So glad Billy had taken the time out of his busy day. <laughs> right. This is uh, Mike Portala. Uh, All right. Now we're back on YouTube here. Um, acoustic, here we go. I wish I could hold Krispy Kreme shirt. I saw that. Just once and once. It's all what you do. Now, I don't see a mic in sight. Right. I think he. Yeah, he could also be in a very dark room or out in the forest. Now, we would know. Yeah. Yeah, is this the car headlights? Yeah. I like the reverb though. Yeah. So that's what my question was like. Do you think he recorded it raw? Yeah. It sounded pretty crappy because it's like a, just a wide thing. And then you throw some reverb on it and you're like, all right, baby. Yeah. Now we got a stew going. You know what I'm going to believe? I'm, I'm going to believe that he brought a candle into an abandoned water tower and that's what he's singing in. That's natural reverb, David. Hit it, dude. Hit it, dude. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, man. I commented on a video. Hit them notes. Yeah. He got up there. Yeah, man. Very raspy. Okay. Uh, there's somebody in the comments. Classic. Have you got tabs? <laughs> and and they submitted the same comment three times. Oh, jeez. Maybe he didn't get my message. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Timothy Meehan, little lo-fi. I feel like we've come across Tim Meehan before. Yeah. This is how I looked this afternoon when I got my shots. I wish I could rock something like that. I wish I could touch Sleeveless tea. But a fool just wants and wants. Yeah, he did hear you me. Yeah. It's what you do nice. When no one 
There you go. Yeah. No one's chasing you. No one's making you spend these lonely nights. Poison through and through. It's so what you do. When no one is there, it's what you do. I don't see many acoustics with block inlays like that. When no one mm. cares. Are those, is it Ibanez that makes those? It's one of those rock, it's it's like a rock guitar uh, manufacturer. Well, my Mark Hoppus bass is coming with block inlays, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is common for uh, that. Like my acoustic is Ibanez, but it has dot inlays. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. But you're and right. You know me. I'm not an Ibanez fan. I I uh I t- I've told the story before, but I was in high school. My mom said, uh, "I've always wanted an acoustic guitar. Let's go buy it. You go uh, be my consultant." And and I will buy the one that you recommend, and you can use it. So literally, I still have this guitar in my possession. But I went, I played. She was like, "You're you're you're." She gave me a ridiculous budget because she was buying it for herself, right? And I was like, "All right, I guess I'll look at some Martins and Taylors and stuff like that." And the best sounding acoustic is still the best sounding acoustic I've ever played. Is the one I own, and it's an Ibanez Artwood guitar. Yeah, and uh, that plus elixir strings, it's oh, the man. best magic. The best. The mm. best, um, <laughs> so crispy. <laughs> yeah, man. Did uh, did I bring mine up to Big Bear, or did you have two guitars up there? Um, I brought mine. You brought your bass. I brought my bass. Yeah, which I don't love the sound of, and I still can't find. I I put some in my cart, but uh, I think I'm gonna get some Dario strings. But um, I haven't found Elixir bass acoustic yeah. bass strings. Um, in a minute, they say they make them, but I don't know if it's yeah. a supply order thing or right. what. But Anyway, I have them in my cart. I also got some size 13, uh, some 13 gauge oh, strings that I'm going to put on a guitar I have at my parents' house that I play with the kids sometimes. Um, that's the, so. is that the gauge that Jim puts on his? That's the one yeah, that okay, Jim puts so. on his guitar. So. so I put them in my cart. I'm going to put those on <laughs> this like really crappy like knockoff fender that I have. Yeah. Uh, this knockoff strat. <laughs> I'm very excited to put some size 13 gauge on there. All right, cool. Who's next? All right, I've got uh, Camillo Singer. So very fitting this last name. familiar Camillo too. I'll, I'll I'll dig around on Camillo's page and see if. Uh... Oh yeah, this dude looks familiar. I think it looks like David Schwimmer. Yeah, Takamini guitar. Yeah. Oh, we sold so many of those at World Music. Of course you did. To Brewman and all them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I very much see Camilo Singer coming up soon. But Camilo also did for me This Is Heaven. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) It's so tasty, dude. (laughs) Yeah. What is that? Would you call that a diminished seventh? No, just a regular mean? seven. Okay. 
leaving a comment. That seventh, though. <laughs> Pretty voice, man. I mean, yeah, nice. He's nailing it. What's his T-shirt? It might not be anything, but it looks like album art or something. Yeah. Yes, dude. Yes, dude. Hit that seven, man. Ooh. Woo. Yes. This dude reminds me of Paul a lot, actually. Paul yeah. Hoover. Yeah. Job, Camilo. Ooh, Damn. With that hammer, hammer on. Waxing, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. That was great. That was awesome. Uh, okay, I have one last one. It's on uh, Bandcamp. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So this is. I did a little search on Bandcamp. I didn't find it, but yeah. You can take a look at it if you want to look at the. Here it is. It's Mackenzie James. I was happy with this cover. Right, so this is from Cover Art, which I imagine is a cover album by Mackenzie ah, James. Clever name. Ooh, yeah. I like the reverb. Yeah. It's haunting. From Chicago. Yeah, he's been in a couple of bands. It. 
wish I could hold I wish I could touch But a fool Just once and once and once Oh, it's what you do When no one cares So what you do When no one Man. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, did you send me a, a Blink cover? Uh, it is a boxcar racer cover oh, from the sweet. same release. Oh, okay. I thought we'd listen to a little bit of Let's it. Let's listen to a little bit of this. There is. This one comes up yeah. when boxcar racer is added into and like an auto playlist. very different take on the, uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. What a build. Yeah, man. Damn. I will allow it. <laughs> uh, well, Justin, do you... Oh, uh, Rave DJ. Ugh. Did you... I don't want to... Yeah, huh? nothing good. Wow. The, That's I, surprising, because I thought you would crack the code. Uh, I the, the tough part is that it's three, three, four uh, time, right? It do be like that. So I'll tell you what I did. Uh, I went and, and looked for some. Let me look at... Load up my DJ JV page, <laughs> and I got uh, blues. Sarah, 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 did not work. Hmm. Uh, Iris blues. They were. I thought it was going to work. Iris in three four time. Or yeah, not? it is. Oh, don't want the world. To see yeah, right. Yeah, did not work at all. And then the last one I tried. Weak. Hmm. That's uh, weak. I know. And then the last one I had was Mayor blues, which was uh, in tech. I'm sorry. It was uh, gravity. And integrity was. Yeah. <laughs> anytime I yeah right I know that's, that's the rip. so yeah none of them worked nothing weak yeah well, not worth it. Not, it it cheapens the song it's not even yeah, like right that's what that's what I was gonna yeah. say the song is too good for Ray right. to J yeah well Justin what are your final thoughts on the song integrity uh, blues? I mean, there's there's a couple there's a couple songs on this whole album that I just positively love, 
And this is one of them. Integrity Blues is just something about it. Um, you know, I thought I thought that the lyrics were going to mean something that was uh, going to be a little bit um, based on a relationship, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but finding out that it's about uh, personal integrity and moving on and, and just being a good person, whether or not someone's watching you, is I love the message there, too. So the way that it's constructed, the way that it sounds, Jim's voice is freaking butter on this. I Yeah, yeah. this is a, such a good track. What about you? I, I concur. I think this is a tone setter for the album. Mm. I think it was the right call to make it the title track of the record. Um, and yeah, it, this is one of the songs I think of when I think of this record. Um, and uh, I, I think it's good. It, it reminds me of kind of like, um, you remember Newfound Glory had one record that was kind of like their integrity blues and it's called coming home. And uh and it's just full of like more down ballady type songs. And uh, this is like they're coming home. Like if you if you don't consider it like a, a, a return to form, like clarity or something like that. But uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it sort of reminds me of that sort of vein, that era of the band. Um, and uh, yeah, and then they came back with surviving, and who knows what they're gonna do next mm. with five 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 having been such a massive hit, right? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's almost like this was the five 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 of this record because, it, like JT O'Donnell said, it's a it's a chamber piece. It's unlike anything they had done before, and that's what they did with five five five. They did something they had never done before. Yeah. So uh, it makes me excited to think of what they're gonna do next. Yeah. I think so. That's, uh yeah, so uh, everybody, you know, uh, take take some time to self-reflect. And uh, it, as you do, hopefully you find time to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!